What's good, good people? Vets, let's talk. We got a special guest in front of the formation today. Charging, leading the charge. Sergeant First Class Shannon Ward. Hey man, before we get started, I like you guys to click that like, share, and subscribe. You already know what I say. HBO special. Help a bro ham out. Hey man, how you doing, Shannon? How you doing today, man? Man, I am blessed, highly favored. It's great to be above ground and be able to just chop it up with my brother and uh, jump into this conversation. That's what it's all about, man. The topic is self-care. Oh, sorry, I had to mention, I'm your host, Don. I'm not going to put my full name out there because I don't need you creepy creeps researching me. You're probably going to do that anyway. But anyway, <laughs> I'm your host, Don. And the, and the topic today is self-care. It's a topic that probably a lot of people need. I know I need it on a daily because, you know, these videos are not just for for people. It's also for me. You know, you got to do yourself checks and see where you are as far as where you need to go and what you need to do. So this is going to be helpful for me as well as somebody else. But if it's not for you, please share this. So share it with somebody that you think need the message. So... You want to hop into it real quick or you want to have a little conversation? Are you ready? Uh, However you, you want to start it off, man. All right, man. I want to ask you, like, even though we in in the same state, we got different time zones. How does the weather down there? Man, so outside the cool off, man, like, uh, yesterday was 79. Today going to be 80. But Tuesday, we're going to be Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. It's going to be like 95, 96. And then by Friday, we're supposed to be back in the 80s. So, you know, we in that, in that weird time of year where it's transitioning. It can get into the 50s at night, but during the day, it'll definitely get back up to the 90s. But the 100-day temperatures, uh, I think we had 69 days of 100 or better. Them days are over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, and to be honest with you, man, when you used to 105 or 107 or 108, when the temperature dropped to 90 degrees, you actually want to go outside and play, man. I'm like, man, this looks good. Man. 90 degrees, though. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. That's why I went for that long walk this morning. Hey, man, I like to ask people, man. I don't think I asked you on the last interview. This is your second interview. You know, each, like, you know, city or state got their staple food. I want to ask you because, you know, briskets are real big in Texas, but I don't know about El Paso. What's like a like a food staple in, in, in El Paso? Is it still just brisket all around? So uh, brisket definitely is a little staple. If you uh, if you ever come to El Paso and you gotta hit up Leo's, it's on the west side of El Paso. They have some of the most amazing brisket tacos. Uh, some people like L&J's um, Cafe. Um, it's by the old graveyard. Uh, and also another one that's in the Northeast called Kiki's. Uh, that's another Mexican diner that's extremely great. Um, we also have something similar to an IHOP. It's called Butter Smith. So it's like an IHOP. They do fresh pies. Uh, it's amazing for you to be with you. So if you're ever down here and you want to check out a couple, those are just a couple. But I mean, El Paso is like a treasure hunt. You know, we don't got the big attractions like, you know, like a San Antonio or a Houston. And trust me, I actually appreciate that. It's the big city with the hometown feel. That's one of the things that really drew me to uh, staying in El Paso. I mean, you know, the cost of living has went up. Um, the pandemic caused, uh, which is, I mean, I'm not mad at them. I've done the same thing. A lot of people from Cali moved from Cali to Texas. But what it did was raise the, raise the cost of living up. And the jobs haven't matched the cost of living 
of the money that people are bringing in, which causes taxes to raise up. But uh, it'll eventually stabilize at some point. But uh, I mean, overall, man, El Paso is a great city. It's not the the most diverse city. You know, I think uh, I think it's ninety four percent Hispanic, uh, like five percent Caucasian, and the rest is everybody else, blacks, Asians, and whoever else may follow. You know, we have our issues. You know, we definitely have a crisis with the uh, with the uh, migrants at the border. But El Paso is a pretty resilient city, and we always find a way to come out. Man, that's good stuff, man. Appreciate you for adding that in there, bro. I appreciate you for that. But let's jump on. <laughs> let's jump on in these questions real quick, man. Man, let's get it, bro. How are you current currently managing your physical and mental health needs on a daily basis? So that's a tricky one. And let me let me explain why that's a tricky one. Because most stubborn are hard. Most veterans are hard headed. So this is something that I've come to realize after being out in the military now for almost five years, I've been retired for almost five years. At some point, you have to realize that you're not in the military. And when a lot of times when I talk to most veterans, they still have the mentality that I'm in the military, I'm a hard charger, I can still do one, two, and three. But let me let you know something. The, it was things the 30-year-old me could do that the 20-year-old me couldn't do. It was things the 30-year-old me that the 40-year-old me couldn't do. It was things that the 40-year-old me could do that the 42-year-old me can't do. What I'm saying is at some point, you have to put your life into perspective and realize that you're not that young 18-year-old whippersnapper that can do all of that crazy 80-pound uh, rope, 12-mile rope sack. You, at some point, you have to realize that you serve your time, you've been faithful to your country. And when I say serve your time, let me quantify that. So what you didn't do 20? You did something that less than 99% of the people in this country would do because only 1% of the country served in the military. So think about that. We have over 385 million people in the country. 1% of that 385 million decided to raise their hand and to fight for their country. Think about that. So you did something that less than 1% of 385 million people did. So if you served, even if it was the National Guard or the Reserve or active duty, you did your part. But first you have to understand that. And, and understanding that, you have to understand that you're a hero, okay? I know people quantify hero as, oh, they were in combat, they were shooting people, but this is something I would tell you, when I know some of the infantry and combat arms people are not going to hear this, me being food service, sometimes I was, I got shot at and blown up during wall packs and other things more than them guys were. You know, but nobody talks about that. You know? Nobody talks about nobody that. Nobody talks about that. You know, some days, I mean, Don, you was rolling at that last deployment. Some days we were doing three, four long packs a day. We would drop off stuff, come back, reload, drop off stuff, and y'all take a three-hour break. We going out as soon as it get dark. You would go out again. You would run and do your law packs, and you know people didn't see everything that 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 went into that the uh, the stress and how the non-combat arm. And I'm not saying one is better than the other because this is how I do it. When people be like, "Man, I was infantry. You were a cook." I be like, "Let me put it to you this way." I know people say Jordan the goat, but if you take Scottie Pippen out of the equation, Michael don't get. It. Six rings. I don't care what nobody says. You take Pippen out, there it is. Combat action beds. 
I am with you, brother. You know what I'm saying? So the point that I'm making is everybody has to support everybody to have a successful mission. That's the point I'm bringing in. So part of managing self-care is realizing that you almost got to be like, uh, you almost got to be like uh, John Rambo, my war is over. <laughs> you know, you have to make that transition from active duty, military, or even if it's reserved or whatever you is, mentality, to I'm trying to incorporate myself into the new civilian life. In doing that, people are not going to have your mentality. They're not going to come to work 15 to 20 minutes early. They may not stay late. I ain't getting paid. I ain't staying late. Matter of fact, I done developed that. You know, at my job, if I ain't getting overtime, see you tomorrow. You know, I'm, I'm just saying. Hey, that's real. That's I, real. You know, it is what it is. So we have to understand the transition that we're making from military to civilian. That's the first part of managing your physical and mental needs. Here's the second thing from my perspective. I didn't try to get another stressful job, um, anything to deal with the military. I know some people like doing law enforcement and border patrol, and if that's you, I salute you. Okay, congratulations. Um, and uh, congratulations, I thank you for that. But uh, you know, um, you need to find something that works for you you don't want uh, a you don't want a job that you might be a pencil pusher but you don't need something where you are just running around like a chicken with your head cut off you gotta find that balance and what I find uh, and what I find with a lot of uh, veterans is we go from one stressful thing to another and not give our bodies and mind time to adjust to being a civilian. Am I making sense to you? Man, totally. Yes. And we have to give ourselves that transition. Like, I'm going to tell you something. In my last video, I told you I had a job before I retired. And I, and, and I, while I really, really thank God for that job, don't misunderstand me, I, would have ne I wouldn't have turned that job down. The older, wiser me should have took 90 days before I looked for jobs. Because right. I needed that time to decompress. I just completed 21 years of military. And I took the green suit off and the next day I put on civilian and I'm in the workforce. Now I know some people will say hey, that's a match made in heaven. However, it didn't give me time to deal with my physical needs, my mental needs, my emotional needs. So a lot of times with veterans, we have to stop and take a knee. There's nothing wrong with taking a knee and getting yourself together in the military and I believe this is bad juju I understand the military doctrine but we had this thing drive on drive on drive on drive on sometime in the process of driving on man you're killing yourself you're killing yourself mentally you're killing your body physically you are ruining yourself so coming out of the military drive on don't always apply but get your mental health together first mm. Take the time to get your body checked out, get the get the uh, medical and the dental and, uh, you know, um, get the uh, mental health that you may need to set yourself um, in a position where you can cope with the day-to-day -day operations of dealing in a civilian life. And I think a lot of veterans, we miss that. We right. say, oh, I did four deployments like me. I did four deployments. Oh, I did four deployments. Can't nothing break me. And then you go to a job that it ain't fast-paced. It ain't stressful. 
and you know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying, bro. If people don't appear to care, and you want to bring that military out, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to whoop these guys into shape. You will lose your job trying to treat civilian people like people in the military. And if you really want to go uh, uh, deeper than that, you know, from, from my observation, from what I've seen, the military ain't the same military I was in. It's a kinder, gentler, friendlier military where people don't exactly come at people the way that we came at, that that we were, were uh, came at. You, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying there's right, wrong, or indifferent. Don't misunderstand me. I understand that with different generations, uh, people see things differently. However, the military we grew up in, compared to the military now, people are a lot more kindly, friendlier, you know, if you fall and your boo-boo hurt, let me take you to the chaplain or let me take you to mental health. I mean, you're laughing, but that's a true story, though. I know, bro. I know. You know what I'm saying? So, right. you, you know, and I get the military while they're doing that because what they're trying to do is they don't want people to lose their mind. So I get it. So, again, answering that number one question, part of managing your physical and mental health needs is realizing that when you're coming out of the military, you need to stop and pause and assess who you are and then create a plan to help yourself. The second part of that is, if you have PTSD, you may get treated for PTSD and you PTSD may get fixed, but you know what? You could develop anger issues. You could, you could develop uh, depression. You could develop uh, um, a lot of stuff that, you know, um, could potentially um, lead to you becoming depressed or feeling worthless. So uh, let's say you beat the PTSD battle. You got to watch your anger. You got to watch if you find yourself uh, depressed or maybe you turn into this rapid alcohol drink or find yourself crying and weeping for no reason or just never want to be around people and always angry, mean, and crabby. Those are telltale signs that there may be some trauma in your life, particularly from the military, that you didn't deal with that you need to get help on. So if you start seeing those telltale signs, that's one of those ones where you, you know, in your mind, mental note or raise your hand. And you know what? I need to call the VA crisis line. Or I need to call my VA um, healthcare provider. Or, you know, like for me, I get the double dip because I, I did 21. I got TRICARE and so if, if, the, if the VA busy, I can call TRICARE. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I need to talk to somebody if that's if, if that's the case. I'm not having that, but I realize the resources that I have. You understand what I'm saying? Exactly. So, so we have to um, understand that. So that's how I would answer the book. It's a self-assessment, self-check of yourself. And if somebody that loves you come to you and say, hey, you acting weird, or hey, maybe you need to go talk to somebody, instead of arguing and fighting with it, just humble yourself and submit to that. You know, sometimes you may go talk to a mental health professional and they'd be like, well, you might have been dealing with a low anxiety. Here's some things that you can do to um, alleviate that or mitigate that situation. So for me, that's how I would answer question number one. Um, you have to do a self-check, self-assessment of yourself and transition your mind from military way of thinking to regular civilian. All facts. And you know, you know, when you talk about mental health, you know, a lot of people, even civilians, and even even a lot of veterans, that sit back and say combat, and trauma, yep. and say combat. Right. But it's a lot of people coming out of the military, never dealt with being deployed, 
or never had any combat experience. But let me sit here and tell you, as an NCO, you develop a certain type of personality because oh. you are in charge of a lot of people. So a lot of stuff as you come out of the military as far as dealing with people and you're a leader, you don't have that same authority over the people that you're going to come in, in contact with. So you have, like he said, you have to do a mental check and you're in your environment and sit back and say, you know, this is not me. I'm not in that uniform no more. Just like I said in my last video, the military is what you've done. It's not who you are. It's not who you are. So not everybody coming out of the military with a mental, you know, it's, it's things that they deal with that they have to shift their, their personality. Because you're in charge in the military, you have to, pe people gonna get it done because you say get it done. Hey, and let me add to that. Um, my last, obviously, Bliss was my last dining, I mean, duty station. And I was a dining facility manager for building 20226. It was, at the time, it was the largest building dining facility on Fort Bliss personnel-wise. I had 289 soldiers. Matter of fact, let me go further than that. I had more cooks in the DFAC. I had four shifts, um, and I had to broken it down into four shifts. That way, one week, it was always one shift out. They could do multiple duties for their battalions or whatever. So I had three brigades, three brigade commanders. Mm. I had about 18 battalions I was dealing with. Now, I was in the 142nd CSSB. I had more cooks working for me than the whole battalion. The battalion only had 200 uh, people in the battalion. Am I making sense to you? Yeah. So you're right. The stress was amazing because you had all of these different people. And when I pulled out of that job, I remember my wife was like, this is closer to me retiring. She was like, you don't know what to do with yourself. You're like, you so used to running and um, having all of these people to be worried about and writing these schedules. You need to find something that make you productive. And I had and I had to start slowing it down and realizing what you just said. That was who I was, but I was transitioning from that, moving into a different state of life. So yes, you're 100 correct. You have to make that adjustment. And let's move on. Number number two, man. Now we talk about that stress that you that you had. Like you know, people with stress, people with disabilities, you know, going through things in life. Are there any specific activities or exercise that can be helpful in managing that? So yes, so here's the deal. And this is just for me. And what I'm saying is just a framework for me. You can take the framework and make in it what work for you. I love to walk. Unfortunately, in El Paso this summer, it was too hot to walk. But generally, when we don't have 100 degrees every day the way we did this past summer, um, during the during the week, I can walk anywhere from three to five miles a day. When I get off work, I throw my earbuds in. Uh, you know, me, I like jazz or Christian music, and I just meditate while I'm listening to the music. And it's almost like when you get that runner's log um, um, lock in, when you running and you forget you running, but you but you but you running and you getting it. Um, I can't really run anymore physically. You know, with um, medical issues, knees and backs, you know, running is just not something that's uh, beneficial for me at this point in my life. But walking, I get a lot of enjoyment. I also get enjoyment in cutting grass, trimming, trimming, trimming the bushes um, in my in my backyard. Um, I got some apple trees, some pear trees. You know what I'm saying? Just manicuring my yard. Also, this will sound crazy, but. Uh, I love cleaning my car. You know, I go to the car wash, let it run through the car wash. Then when I get home, you know what I'm saying, in the evening, I love to detail it out. And, 
you know, clean it up, make it real shiny. But the point that I'm getting at is you have to find things that bring you peace. Now, here's the deal. The things that bring you peace shouldn't be destructive or cause destruction to other people. Mm. Say <laughs> so that again. The, the things that bring you peace shouldn't cause destruction to other people. Right. It should be items or things that you like that actually blend in with the environment or the community that you're in and don't cause hurt, harm, or danger to anybody else. Right. So, so you have to find those things that uh, that uh, build you up and it makes you happy and it gives you time to think. When I'm out there cutting the grass, like yesterday, I just, you know what I'm saying? Not yesterday, I'm wrong. Saturday, I just got up. Me and my wife had had a little breakfast. We got to talk. And she was like, what you about to do? I said, I'm about to rake the yard. She was like, the yard don't need to be raked. And it really didn't. But guess what? Raking the yard made me happy. I threw my earbuds in. And I had my music pumping. Man, I was out there raking the yard. I was like, man, this look good. I went to Lowe's. Um, I bought some more grass seeds, some fall grass seeds. Um, I got a mantis, the thing that break up the uh, yard grass. And I, I hit the grass with the mantis and broke it all up, put grass seeds in there, watered it, put a little um, cow manure over it. Yeah, I bought a couple bags of cow manure, you know, hooked it up to fertilize it. Oh, man, my y'all look good. You know what I'm saying? But that brought satisfaction to me. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, completely. You know, um, also, I took and um, started working on my fishing rods. Um, we got a lake here in El Paso called Ascarte Lake. They're about to release the uh, trout. Uh, at the end of this month, they're going to release trout, and they put about uh, 6,000 trout in the lake, and you can fish the trout. As soon as they put them trout in and they cool off, I'm going to be out there fishing on Saturday. You know what I'm saying? Just to go out there, chill, have a little fun. I'm going to have my little bowl speaker, you know, blasting little, either, for me, it's either Christian or gospel music. Uh, but I'm going to go out there, I'm going to fish, and just relax and have some fun. Sometimes time to reflect on you and to figure your thoughts out is a good thing. Now, let me quantify that. Reflect. Be a reflector, but also be a doer. A lot of times we we reflect and we think, but we never do. So right. if it's a positive idea that you have, if it's something that could benefit you, don't just think about it. Be about it. Be about it. That's part of the process of dealing with uh your disability or managing yourself to make you productive without feeling like you're losing your that's real big big guy hey what about you know support systems or networks as far as it goes to self-care what about what about that support how big is that in your world well support is big let me tell you what i noticed you know what I'm saying? and not that i monitor this on a daily, on a daily basis but when you heard about veterans a lot of veterans commit suicide if you notice for one particularly what's been happening here in El Paso over the last couple of suicides uh, they actually go into the VA parking lot and they commit suicide and you know they will find notes of things they posted on social media stating that they felt they were alone and by themselves and what I would say there is you have to find people you can talk to and will genuinely be honest with you. That's the first thing. Um, if you don't have anybody that's genuinely honest with you, that's where forums like Best Let's Talk and uh, other vet-centered um, organizations and podcasts 
that talk about issues like this come into play where you can link up with other people who've been through similar experiences as you and you can have that dialogue to go back and forth and talk to people so a support structure is very important and I don't know if spouses or people going to watch this you know um, if you know you got a vet in your home that's dealing with PTSD or things of that nature, when they start acting up, you know, don't tell them they shell-shocked or they damaged goods or you crazy. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, until you deploy, until you lose friends, you, you deploy with people that don't come back with, until you pull a dead body out of a Humvee, until you salute in that casket, until you running for your life, getting into a uh, to a bomb shelter to make sure you don't get blown up, you can't tell nobody how to feel about that. That's one of them things you have to experience to understand. Man, that's big. And if you've never experienced that, you can't tell somebody they're crazy because you in the middle of the night sleeping the enemy start bombing the fob and you and your drawers and all you got time to do is grab your weapon and a helmet and you and you know what I'm talking about how many times we did that last deployment <laughs> I lost count <laughs> you know what I'm saying exactly it becomes the norm actually it becomes the norm so until you have to do that you can't tell somebody that they're crazy I mean just to go a little further stuff that people don't know um, me and um, Hayden. This was this was my last deployment, which was 2009, 2010. I thank God I didn't deploy after that. That was my fourth deployment. But me and Hayden one night were walking the child, and a 103 millimeter um, rocket landed in front of us, and it blew backwards, and it was like fireworks. And Don was mad at me because he was like, "Bro, you left me." I'm like, "Didn't you hear what I hear?" Well, we both took off running. But I remember EOD saying, "Man, y'all lucky." Hey, but what did I say to you, though? And what you say to me? When when you say, "Well, hey," I say you left, and he's like, "Why didn't you run?" What did I say? Because, because we were dead anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we laughing, but at the same time, that that came from my first appointment, and that's why he said you need to do some checks on yourself because that's really not normal. No, it's not normal at all. No. No, and, and when I say this thing landed in front of us, it landed less than 15 feet in front of us, but it kind of blew backwards. It didn't blow forward for whatever reason. And I remember we went to the head shed, told them, we walked back up to it where it was, and everybody was like, y'all like walking miracles. Y'all shouldn't even be talking to us right now. That's a true story. That <laughs> so you got to have that support system. Now, you know, let me be real with you. My wife loved me. Me and my wife been married for 23 years. Thick or thin, I would do anything for my wife. She's rocked with me through the good, bad, and ugly. Um, I love my wife. I love my family. You know what I'm saying? And she's always been there. But my wife can never understand being deployed because she's never deployed. Right. However, she's a support system because when she sees if she feels like my anger is getting out of control or I'm exhibiting uh, issues that she may find alarming or, or or concerning, she'll be like, hey, babe, you know, you okay? Everything good? You know what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe you need to take a deep breath and you need to reassess what's going on, what's causing you to be angry, what's causing you to be uh, flustered, what's causing you to be snappy with people. And I think 
God that I have a wife that has enough ability to, even though she didn't experience it, she has the ability to see when you ain't being your normal self. And maybe you need to go talk to her. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a big thing. So you got to have people around you that even though they don't experience what you experience, they have the ability and the empathy to say, yeah, you need to get that together or yeah, you need to go talk to someone. Exactly. So that's my thoughts on support system. Hey man, this 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 was kind of a this is kind of a tough one for me. I can sit back and be transparent about that. And you know, how do you maintain a balance between self-care and responsibilities? I think <laughs> responsibilities or commitment you may have now this is i think a tough question for a lot of people because this is where a lot of mental challenges come in this is balancing the two what do you have in place for that so here's the deal i'm gonna tell y'all something and you know call me this might sound maybe not sound the best for some people but when you're in the military and you were sick you know the drill. You had to go to first sergeant. And I'm just using this for comedy. First sergeant, my Tyler Walker hurt. Why did Tyler Walker hurt, son? Well, I was doing, I was messing with this chick. I'm just using this as a hypothetical. And my Tyler Walker hurt. He would, he would pull out that sick car for him. A service member of Tyler Walker hurt. And everybody had to know your business. You know what I'm talking about. Right. You know what I'm saying? That was just the way of... You know, you know how it was before PT. Everybody that needed to go to sit call fall out, and it was really embarrassing. You know what I'm saying? Because you could have an issue that you don't want everybody to know, but everybody knows something was wrong with you because you fell out at PT formation for sit call. Right. I'm getting somewhere. Stay with me. I got you. When you get your civilian job, if you're in the government. I believe it's you get 230 hours if you're a vet when you initially come on to the GS and it's called disabled veterans leave. Man, I use my disabled veterans leave for everything, bro. When I say everything, every medical thing I had, man, uh, about two and a half years ago, um, thought I had a heart attack. I had to get EKGs and, you know, they shoot the dime stuff and run all those tests, but I still have to get tested. If some of those tests would take all day, I was using my disabled veterans to take care of all of my stuff. And here's the deal. I didn't care what people thought because you had some people who want veterans that didn't get that disabled veterans leave. And, you know, oh, man, y'all just abusing the system. I was like, no, I ain't abusing the system. I actually earned this. I, I worked for this. I have put my life on the line. You know what I'm saying? Forward. So if you are with a company that gives you leave based off of veterans leave, please use what's been given to you you're not in the military no more you don't have to prove to people that you're whore or you're gung-ho or i don't know what the air force and uh navy and the space force say but y'all get one. You, you you're past that point of trying to prove to people that you're whore or gung-ho or you're always motivated you know what i'm saying like when i i know some people who who were in the Marine Corps. The Marine Corps was better than the Army. Well, hey, if that's what you believe, great for you, drive on. You know what I'm saying? I ain't about to argue with you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If that's a, I mean, I think the Army's the greatest uh, branch because that's the one I served in. But if you have pride within your own branch, cool, great, have that pride. I'm not gonna argue with you about it. 
it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? But don't worry about people who are going to talk or complain about you taking care of yourself. Here's the second thing, and I'm going to tell you, and I'm just real. After your disabled veterans leave this uh, you because you only get it one time when you initially join that organization, you get leave and you get medical leave. Use your vacation time. I work with people that got over a thousand hours of sick leave and they working on like 300 some hours of vacation. And they be like, boy, man, this seems like you taking leave. Yep, I take my mental health day. Some days I take days where I go for a walk. Um, I may go get some breakfast. I may go to the gun range, shoot a couple weapons. I may go fishing. I may go get uh, I may go get a pedicure. You know what I'm saying? Get my feet done. You know what I'm saying? But I believe in self-care. Here's here's one thing I know. I can't help nobody else until I can help myself. I have nothing to give anybody until I've poured into myself. So we as veterans have to make sure to take the time to pour into our mind, body, and soul. Getting the mental health we need, getting the medical care we need, and just pampering ourselves and doing some things that make us happy so that we have the ability to pour into other people and give them not just any kind of knowledge, but good, tangible knowledge that they can actually use and be productive. Right, right. Yeah. So Appreciate you. That's man. my thoughts on that. Okay. Now, I like to say relationship in the mix of religion, but because it's all about that intimate connection between you and oh, whatever oh, you believe oh, in. Oh, trust me. I'm going to get on that. <laughs> Would religion or some form of belief play a role in self-care? Uh, yes. Um, let me just be honest with you. Uh, I don't like the word religion. When you look up the word religion, religion, you can fact check me if you want. Religion simply means it's a it's a pattern of beliefs that are transferred in a community from one person to one person. I don't believe in religion. I believe in relationship. Right. Um, um, so um, I have a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. And I ain't trying to preach to nobody. But I believe that having a relationship with God through Jesus Christ for me is the cornerstone of who I am. Because I believe that over 2,000 years ago, Jesus died on the cross and he took our sins. And I believe that as what Romans 8, 9, and 10 says, that uh, if you shall confess with thy mouth and believe in thy heart uh, that Jesus is Lord, thou shalt be saved. With the mouth, confession is made and with the heart, thou believe. That's what I believe. I believe that. So I'm telling you that for me, relationship with God is important. Am I perfect? No. I make mistakes every day. But I thank God that I have a, a, a righteous and wholesome God that forgives me. He understands my struggles. He understands my highs. He understands my lows. He understands that I genuinely care about him and I do my best to serve him every day. So for me, uh, having a relationship with uh, God is a cornerstone of who I am. It has taken me from looking at myself as this bad, wretchful, ignorant person, and he's given me a new uh, view on life, that I am a redeemable person, that, you know, I'm not this super scum of the earth person, you know, I have my flaws like anybody else, but I continue to try to grow closer to him every day through reading his word, through prayer, through fasting, and that has been a very great help to me. I know some people may not believe me. That's what I believe. And so for me, having a relationship with uh, Jesus, 
or God through Jesus Christ has been a cornerstone of who I am. And it lets me know that I'm a redeemable person and I can have a successful life. That's big, man. I appreciate you for doing this interview, bro. I really do. Like, there's some things that you said. You know, it, it touched me. And I, I, I hope and pray that it touched the people that listen to. And man, I'm back to doing my interviews. If I can get you on here, just reach out to me, best let's talk at gmail.com. Man, I'm about to close out. About to close out. I got a quote. Hope it I got one you. before you finish. And let me get mine before you get yours. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Do, do your thing. Right, so, um, aim is three and three. It says, can two walk together except they agree? Um, that's let's talk is about agreeance. Every one of our experiences isn't going to be the same experience. But you have a group of veterans, uh, a team, and um, Hayden and his team that uh, puts together Best Let's Talk. And all they're saying is we, our experiences may not be the same, our branches may not be the same, but it's strength in numbers, the unity in numbers. So um, if you're not a part of this chat, if you're not a part of Best Let's Talk, join on, come together, let's agree. Let's make this not just a podcast. Let's make it a movie. And I just wanted to share that with you. Big. Appreciate that, big body. <laughs> Appreciate that, man. That made me that gave that made my stomach a little warm on the inside, man. <laughs> okay. I got a quote. Anna Taylor. Love yourself enough to set boundaries. Your time and energy are precious. You get to choose how you use it. You teach people how to treat you by deciding what you will and won't accept. Fest, let's talk. Who's up next for formation? Out.